What's happening, Pistons fans? Crazy news last night as the Pistons traded Jeremy Grant to the Portland Trailblazers. In return, they get Milwaukee's 2025 pick, which is top four protected, um, the Portland's 2025 second round pick, and then a pick swap for the second round in 2026. Detroit takes back no salary, nothing else. So we, we're doing an emergency pod because we have to go over this. So let's get right into it. Vinayak, Aiden, what were your first thoughts on this trade? Did you think that this was fair or, you know, just go over it? <laughs> I mean, for me, at least, since they haven't traded Jeremy Grant, like, the, at, like at this point, it was like, you have to get it done. So as long as they got it done, which they eventually did, um, I was content with it. Um, I really was hoping they could get Portland's pick just because I don't think Portland is that smart of an organization to, 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 you know, give up or like trade their pick. But um, yeah, they gave, they gave us Milwaukee's, which I mean, we can get into later about where we think that pick could be potentially, but they got a first rounder. I think that's what matters. And we've talked about this before that pretty much, after the lottery, really, or even after, like, the top 10 picks, you're really just taking chances on guys. Like, if you're getting a back, the back end of the first round, you're really kind of just reaching and throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. So, either way, it's not that big of a deal to me. I never really thought that getting seven from Portland just straight up for Jeremy Grant was attainable. So I guess in that in that sense, like at least they got it done. Um, but I wonder I'll be interested to see if anything more comes out about maybe potential trades with, you know, I heard the Hawks were a potential suitor. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I first saw that trade, I was kind of disappointed. Like I'm I'm gonna just keep it real. Like I was a little bit disappointed compared to just what We've been hearing about Jeremy Grant and like what we've been led on to believe about the return and like you know like they would throw trades like Karis Levert 13, John Collins or no Bogdan Bogdanovich and or Boyan Bogdanovich in 16. I was probably expecting something more like that, but um upon further like consideration, I mean it is like a solid trade. I feel like it's kind of incomplete in a sense where it's just like we can't really. If like if you like put on like a logical hat on and not use like your emotions of I know everyone wanted the seventh pick I know Aiden you said Portland's stupid but I mean that would be pretty dumb for them to give up seven for Jeremy Grant I'm not gonna lie but um you're um, right you're right <laughs> no but if you put your logical hat on like they they cleared up a bunch of cap space they already had the most cap space and now they just got more and potentially up to 56 million if they um, decline some team options that they have like I believe on Frank Jackson and Diallo. There's a lot of cap space. So, I mean, I don't know, like it kind of, for me, kind of depends on what they do next with all this cap space. Does that mean they're going to go all out in free agency? I'm, I'm all in on Aiton. I think like, that's a great thing, but I don't know if you want to just waste it all, waste it on a second player, such as like Brunson or Sexton. When I still feel like this team is still a little bit away from actually truly competing, but I mean, in the end, I mean, Troy Weaver signed him for $60 million and was able to get a first-round pick out of him and just cleared the sheets. So it's clear to me that the Pistons have at least some direction. So that's that's good to see. And also, they could also take back salary. The Gordon 
And Hayward one's been pretty popular about taking back Hayward's contract and getting back pick 13. So there's a lot of flexibility, I'll say. So I'm kind of I'm kind of at an incomplete stage. I I like I'll like the trade once I see kind of what they do in draft night and free agency. But for now, I'm like content, like Aiden said. It's uh it is what it is, you know. The fact that we got a first round pick, I guess, is what matters for me. Yeah, I think everybody's initial reaction was acting on emotions of, no, this trade sucks. Oh, my God, sheer value-wise, it's not even close, so on and so forth, especially Pistons fans who, let's be honest, the Pistons fan base has built up Jeremy Grant to be somebody he really isn't. Of yeah. You know, so many people were saying, oh, he's a number two on a championship team. No, he's not. He may be number two, maybe, but that's stretching it like crazy. I think he's a number three at best. He's a number two if you have the best player in the world. On your yeah, if you have, like, Giannis, then maybe. Exactly. Like, but, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, there was no way, and we've said it on this podcast, but I, you said it on the mock draft, we didn't think that they were getting the seventh pick for him. I don't know how so many people got so obsessed with that happening, but it wasn't going to happen. Just in terms of sheer value, Grant's not worth that. And so, you know, it's unfortunate. I will say that the value that the Pistons got from a simple, you know, X's and O's standpoint doesn't really match up, but you got to look at the vision in the trade. And I think there's a lot of different perspectives you can look at this from. One, like you guys just talked about, they have 43 million in cap space right now. They can free up to 56 million in cap space for free agency. It sounds like they're going to go out and get DeAndre Ayton. I'd be all for it as well. I think that would be a fantastic pickup and would instantly speed up the rebuild like crazy. This will be a playoff team or a play-in team, I should say, if they get DeAndre Ayton. I'll say that right now. But secondly, it gives you the flexibility that Vinayak talked about with the contract dumps they can go out and take on somebody like Gordon Hayward's contract from the Hornets and get pick 13 or pick 15 from them as, as well. And so we could very well be looking at this trade, like looking back on it in the long run of, you know what, they pretty much traded Jeremy Grant, but they pretty much got two first round picks and two second round picks. Suddenly it doesn't look so bad, does it? And so I think everybody kind of acted on emotions immediately with their reactions. I never, I didn't think that it was that bad of a trade. And I still firmly believe that it wasn't. I think we got to let Troy do what he's going to do tonight on draft night. And then in the, in free agency and the rest of the off season, because let's also say Troy Weaver in his two years here, it hasn't even been two years has done a fantastic job. Let's, you know, keep our faith in the guy. He knows what he's doing. He's drafted. Well, he's traded. Well, he knows what he's doing. And so the first question that I'll ask you guys specifically with this is, and we just talked about it. Do you go after a big time free agent or do you take on salary dumps? Like the Gordon Hayward example that I mentioned. You go after a big time free agent. I think at this point, if they were still rebuilding and, you know, Cade was struggling and guys like Sadiq Bay were still looking like the first half of last season, I would be like, okay, taking Gordon Hayward's contract isn't the worst thing in the world. But Sadiq Bay came back, you know, he, you know, he was back to being himself. He's a solid player. You know, I think you just got to build on that with Cade Cunningham. Um, you give it, you give him more guys to build around. I think, that's just going to help his development even more. 
I think another year of kind of the rebuild or like tanking isn't going to do it's not going to help him as much it's going to benefit him a lot more and I think it'll benefit Isaiah Stewart as weird as that's to say but I think it'll benefit him um he's probably not going to get as much PT but I think in a sense that competition in practice and fighting for minutes I think you know he's a competitor you've seen it before he's really gritty about stuff and I like that in him um and I think this will just make him better and also just give him a break because sometimes you can just tell on the court like he's six eight going against guys who are like seven foot so it's not always the the best matchups so I think Aiden helps you know take a little bit of the load off and obviously you now have a number two option for the time being and hopefully uh, either with this pick or, you know, through another uh, free agency cycle, you can find a better number two option. And then Aiton's a damn good number three option. Yeah, for me, like, I agree. Like, if Aiton is there, then you take him. But I will say, like, there is a risk to just, like, going just all in on free agency because – like, let's say the we can't just assume that Aiden all, all of a sudden is a piston. Like, if he's not a piston, then their options are like Jalen Brunson, Colin Sexton, Miles Bridges. And personally, I don't think either of those three are worth like the max. I think that's, I think most fans would, would agree with that. And that's like the risk you kind of have to take because if there's a guy Troy Weaver loves, which apparently I think, um, from what I'm reading, apparently he really likes Jalen Duran. So he's actually a name to watch if, uh, if the pistons, if he's falling and the pistons have a chance to get him, like, I think a salary, like if they don't have a commitment from Aiden, which I assume they don't make this trade without some sort of commitment from some marquee free agent. Like that's just me just putting the pieces together. But I mean, if you don't have like that guarantee of Aiden, like I, I understand the argument of just getting getting something that is guaranteed, right? You get the pick and you get Hayward. And Hayward by no means is like a bad player. He's great veteran presence, obviously kind of overpaid, but he's a solid player in the end. So I, I actually under, I understand both ways. I, I don't think that the Pistons, like, it's again, speculation that they have someone that like has agreed or like, you know, they haven't like written it. It's like informally agreed. And that's why they make this trade to free up this much cap space. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of where, and that's also, if they don't make a move like for Hayward on draft night, that kind of tells you, yeah, like someone's, someone like Aiden is coming to Detroit, but nothing is set in stone until we get the Woj bomb. <laughs> we get the Woj bomb. We do we want to talk about Miles Bridges or do we think that's not happening? Because if we think that's happening, we might have to have that talk. But if we don't think it is, we don't. No, I think, no, I think like move they, on. they could offer him. They, I definitely think it's in the realm of possible they could offer him. I just, me personally, I don't think, I don't know. I'm like kind of skeptical. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't. Like I think it. we're all against it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm against it, so. I don't think you pay Miles Bridges like that much. From what I'm hearing, like what over 20 million, 25, like that just yeah. doesn't make sense. By the way, Brunson will be making at least 25 million a year, from what it sounds like. That is crazy to me. That's dirty. Yeah. I could I could also, what do you guys think about them just like saving all this money for not spending it in this offseason and just waiting? Because from what I've seen, like the 2023 free agency class is much more, much more stacked. I think it's like Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus. Oh, yeah. like a lot more players. So perhaps like saving this flexibility till next year and then running it back, like run or paying those marquee guys next year. I, 
I think that's also a fair thing because we perhaps like the development of our guys aren't as like we as fans we'd want to think they're like developing each year and like next year's a play-in team but I mean I'll admit there's like a chance they don't make the play-in I mean they're still quite young and perhaps year four is the year for Sadiq Bey to pop off and year three is the year Kay Cunningham figures it all together I mean there's always that possibility too which is also why this Jeremy Grant trade is really like a long-term it's like a long-term thing you know yeah I think the other thing I'll say in terms of like looking at next year's free agency is that from what I understand when I saw their payroll they can sign DeAndre Aiden to like a 33 year or 33 million not 33 years Jesus 33 million contract and they could still have a max slot next year and so, and that's if you don't sign Bagley to a crazy contract extension, you know, give him like 10 million, maybe 12 at the most, and they will still have a max slot that's next year. And that's just because right now they have so much dead money with DeAndre Jordan, with Dwayne Dedman. Um, I think there's another guy that they're paying. And so that's killing the cap a little bit. And then they have a few other guys like Corey Joseph and so on that that money will be off the books for next summer. And so I think, you know, going after Aiden right now makes sense because you still have the flexibility for next year, too. And I agree with you, Vinayak, in that tonight will be very, very telling of what they do, because if they take on somebody like Hayward's contract, obviously free agency is dead in the water. They're not going after Aiden. They're not going after any big time free agent. If they don't do that and they just stick to the status quo of taking pick five and pick 36 and that's it, I think it's extremely likely that they get Aiden or another big time free agent. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens tonight. Obviously, you know, free agency, there's no guarantee there. But there are reports, by the way, that Aiden said, this is per Mark Stein, that he would embrace playing next to Kate Cunningham. And so, you know, there's things like that that point to it. Obviously, we don't know yet, but I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Detroit had better offers than this trade? Because I'll, I'll be the first to say, I don't think they had many better offers than this. I, I'm, I'm going first. I think they had like an offer for the late, for, like I know uh, in uh, James Edwards' piece, he wrote that they didn't have any better off. I think that's like a little, I, I would beg to think they have some pick in like the 20s, like some team in the 20s probably offered them but the thing the key thing is they didn't offer them the same um, financial flexibility so they may have given them like pick 20 or pick 22 or whatever and but they matched the salary unlike Portland who said here's this first from 2025 which could be value and we also get the 36th pick but let's not also forget that we can talk about that if you guys want to but um you get that you get that pick but you also get the cap space and I think the cap space is like the, the deciding factor and I, I understand. Like, I, I would probably take the cap space actually over the 22nd pick because this draft is probably more of a crapshoot than previous years. So I, I, I'm, I'm with that. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think in terms of offers that were still on the table, this was the best one. But I think obviously, like, this is all hindsight 2020. But there were, it seems to me that there were better offers, you know, months before and like around a year ago, stuff like that. And, you know, obviously the injury and like sitting out and stuff has diminished his value. But at the same time, like 
when we first signed Jeremy Grant, did we really think like we were going to get this much out of him in the first place? Not really. So I think in that sense, it's a win. But obvi- yeah, obviously, like he seems a little overvalued by um, a lot of the fans, which, you know, I mean, I'm going to thank him for his time. You know, this was not like a place that many people wanted to be. And, you know, there are a lot of writers that talked about, you know, this was a place, you know, he talked with Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey and really like enjoyed talking with them and like wanted to be here um, in the time they were tanking. So I think, you know, thank him for his time. Um, but also it's time to move on. Yeah, I'm with that. And so here's what I'll say. You touched on it briefly, Aiden. When you look at the whole return on investment, it is fantastic for Detroit. They got a first-round pick back, a first-rounder and two second-rounders for a guy that they basically got for free because they got him in free agency. They signed him to $20 million. They were well under the cap then anyways. They basically got him for free, and they get a first-round pick back. So that's another way of looking at it that, you know what, Long-term, it was actually a really well-done trade by Troy Weaver and well-done signing him in the first place. And the other thing I'll say is that I'm not, I don't think this year they had better offers. I really don't. Because at the trade deadline, there were reports that Troy was saying to other teams that they wanted two first-round picks for him. Well, Jeremy didn't get traded. (laughs) So that means they didn't get two first-round picks for him. And that was kind of posturing from the Pistons in the first place. So I don't think they had better offers for him this year. I don't think they really did maybe last year, maybe at the beginning of last year, because we heard about the Celtics two first round picks deal. But keep in mind, those could have also been two first round picks at like pick 28, you know, 27. Like those probably wouldn't have been that valuable either way also. And so I don't think it's that bad. I will say maybe they had a better offer right now in terms of straight up value for Grant. But when you look at the flexibility and everything that, you know, this gives them, this was the best trade I think that they had on the table, especially by the way, it was going to go to Portland because they had that $20.8 million trade exception. That was very well done by the trailblazers to get that done. Um, And so the next quick question is with this Milwaukee pick, do you think it's actually like that valuable? Because I have a theory that I'll go over after you guys answer I know what your theory is, but I'm gonna say no. Uh, I don't think I don't think so. I don't think me personally. I don't see them really blowing it up. And honestly, if you know, as long as Giannis is there, I think they'll have picks. You know, at least in the twenties. So yeah, it doesn't really have that much value to me. I think the top four protected. It does seem a little skeptical. Um, in that sense, but at the same time, yeah, I don't think it's that that big a deal. I don't think they're going to get a top four pick anyways. Yeah, I have to kind of um, echo that. Giannis is 27 right now, so 2025, he'll be like, he'll actually only be, um, he'll be 30, he'll be 30, he'll be 30. I was thinking because his birthday's in December, so maybe 29, but that to me is still old, like still young enough to at least be, I mean, that's like, He's like entering his prime now. People call 27, 29 his prime, but I think 30 is good. If he was like 33, 34, then perhaps maybe not, but I think he'll still be Giannis. And 
let's I I think even if the Bucks are uh even if the Bucks like aren't like championship contenders, I still just see them making as long as Giannis is there, I still see them making playoffs and in the end it's probably gonna result in like the 20th pick um if Giannis stays. But and I would think he would stay. But yeah, it's kind of that's also where I'm at as well. But what's your theory, Neil? What, what do you got? Yeah, so you know, I've been I've been thinking a lot about this pick. I looked nonstop at Milwaukee's future picks, their payroll, everything. Milwaukee has zero flexibility with their whole team in the next three, four years. Zero. They have no cap space until the summer right before that 2024-2025 season. And so, and Chris Middleton's contract, by the way, will be ending right before that season. If they bring him back, you're bringing back a core of Giannis at age 30, which is still fine. I don't mean to knock Giannis at all, by the way, with what I'm going to say. But Holiday, age 35, and Chris Middleton at age 33. We saw this year that they weren't winning the championship. What do you think that's going to do in three years? I think Chris Middleton gets worse. I think Holiday gets much, excuse me, gets much worse. And so you know, when you look at that and the fact that they don't have the cap flexibility to go out and sign guys, even if they didn't sign anybody, anybody to that 2024, 2025 season, at best, they would have a max slot. And that's, it's almost impossible that they don't sign anybody to that season this year, next year, or the year after. And so I just, I think from that standpoint, it's tough to see the Bucks improving their team for that season. I think they only get worse. I think they will be competing for a championship the next year or two, but I'm not sure that their championship window is as long as everybody thinks. The other thing I'll say, by the way, because of that Drew Holiday trade that they had um, two years ago, they don't have, they don't own their first round pick until 2028. And so I think two of those picks were completely traded outright, um, but the other two or three were pick swaps. And so they don't really own the pick. And so that's another issue for the Bucks that they just don't have the assets to go out and make trades or sign guys. And so I think it'll be difficult. And I think, call me crazy again, I'm not sure Giannis is there for that 2024-2025 season. And if he is, that's fine. I think in all likelihood, you guys are right. They're a playoff team. I don't think they're winning a championship that year, but they're probably a playoff team with just Giannis. But there is a chance that maybe he's not there, maybe he gets injured, so on and so forth. There's there's a lot of things that can go on with these picks, you know, that are three years in the future. So I don't think it's as low value as a lot of people think it is. All right. Just to, before we end up, so I want to ask you guys one last question. Tonight's draft, does anything tri- change for the Detroit Pistons in terms of this trade? Does this Jeremy Grant trade affect who the Pistons take at pick five? Because I know a lot of people think that this means that they're taking Keegan Murray there if he's there. What do you guys think? I think if Keegan was there regardless before the trade, I think they would they would take him. Um, I think, yeah, I think if Jaden Ivey goes four, I think Keegan's the pick. Where I think it's interesting, interesting is if Keegan goes four to Sacramento, I'm not sure if the Pistons would take Jaden Ivey. I think they may take Matt. I lean towards them taking Matt Thurin over Ivy, which is bold, you may call it, but I mean, it seems like Matt Thurin's really been rising up their board. So for me, it's interesting, but I, I don't even think the trade really changes the grand scheme of things. Cause I mean, if you're getting eight in, then like 
you can make either pick work, whether it's IV, Aiden, or Mathurin. So, or IV, Mathurin, or Murray, sorry. So, yeah. I'm going to say this doesn't change anything. They had someone in mind, I'm guessing. And, you know, we've talked about Jeremy Grant trade rumors for ever now, ever since we started this podcast. So I think in that sense, it doesn't really change anything. I think they have someone in mind. This trade has a lot of these trades are lined up, you know, days before they're even announced. So in that sense, I think they've done their scouting, they've done their due diligence, and now it's just time to make the pick. I think they know who they want, and it just depends on if they're available. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this doesn't really affect that, because also you got to understand, they could have fit Keegan Murray into their team, even with Jeremy Grant. Yes, he'd probably come off the bench, but either way, they still need a shooting guard, and they still need now they really need, I guess, a power forward, but I don't think it really changes either because they need both just as much. And also they can still re-sign Bagley and maybe start him at the four. So I don't think this trade affects the pick tonight too much. And I agree with you guys. I think it's Ivy or Matherin. I, you know, on the mock draft, I said I would take Ivy in that situation. I'm completely fine if they take Matherin there too. Matherin's a stud. We've gone over it many times, so I'm not going to talk about it any longer. But yeah. All right, that is pretty much it for this episode of the Three Rings podcast and the Jeremy Grant trade. Do you guys have any last thoughts, any predictions for pick 36, maybe, like, quickly? Um, I like that. Uh, I like Bryce McGowan's out of uh, Nebraska. He's pretty solid. Um, like, any any shooting guard, honestly. Any Jaden Hardy, if he falls, would be pretty interesting. Um, but uh, – I don't know. It kind of really depends. If we get a guard, then we may have to go forward. Jalen Williams from Arkansas, we've talked about him as a potential guy as well. So um, excited. Also, guys, turn off your Shams and Woj notifications. It, it's getting ridiculous. Like, we already spoiled the first three picks of the draft. Let's not let them do four and five. So, <laughs> Yeah, facts. Um, I think – I don't even know. Neil, who do you think? I, you know, I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of people saying EJ Liddell, maybe out of Ohio State, which I wouldn't mind. I I have one guy in mind I saw a scout airport on yesterday, and that is John Butler out of Florida State, the seven-footer who has a solid-looking shot. He literally plays like a small forward or shooting guard, which is crazy. But I think he could be a project long-term, maybe. I don't know. The second-round picks are so hard to predict, though. Yeah. 36 maybe 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 we see a little bit of a pat baldwin perhaps maybe yeah or they use no it. that's actually in play i'm not gonna lie or they use it to go back into the first round i could see that as well like they use 36 yeah. and some other ammo to get like late first that could be in yeah. play well. we'll see yeah i'm with you there and if hardy somehow falls out of the first round that would be a spectacular pick at 36 but yeah yeah we will see Thank you all for listening. Check us out on social medias. We uh, Instagram has been going a little crazy recently and we really appreciate all the support at, per usual. And yeah, check us out. Make sure to look out for the next uh, three rings podcast episode. See you. Peace. Peace. Peace.